Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of CX Sales, a show where we chat about the role of customer experience within organizations by unpicking the perspectives and experiences of customer-obsessed leaders. Today, we're joined by Marianne Slevin to have a convo around turning CX insights into strategy, CX transformation in media and travel, and adapting your CX skill set in times of crisis. Welcome to the show, Marianne. Hi, thanks for having me, Lucas. Marianne, do you want to give a quick intro to the audience? Okay. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Marion Slevin. I have almost 20 years experience in turning insights into strategy and in placing the customer right at the center of organizations. My background is predominantly in the media industry. Uh, I've worked for companies such as Cantar Media Intelligence, Independent News and Media. More recently, I transitioned into travel tech. I worked for the Hostel World Group, um, leading their voice to customer program. And then COVID hit. And like many others, I was furloughed. So rather than sit and wait, uh, wait for the market to stabilize, you know, I decided, look, take your experience, something that you can give back to other people by using your experience. So I moved into the volunteer space and I use my experience there at the moment in the area of mental health. Amazing. So Marianne, on your LinkedIn profile, you mentioned that you're very good at turning CX insights into strategy. Our show is called CXL, so I want to put your sales skills to the test. Now, imagine I'm the CEO at a company you've just joined. I want you to do a 30-second elevator pitch of how you can turn CX insights into strategy. Oh, start mean. the timer. Go. Most organizations believe that they deliver excellent customer experience, but the reality is quite different. Do you listen to your customers? If not, why not? Do you know how many customers are falling out of love with your brand right this very minute? If not, why not? Globally, more than three quarters of consumers will switch to a brand competitor after just one bad experience. The cost of not knowing your customers cannot be underestimated. Customers will switch, customers will leave, customers do want to be valued and listened to. Great businesses put the customer at the center of all strategic decisions. Are you a great business? <laughs> Are you a great business? Amazing, Maria, I love that. Evil. <laughs> Tell me, you've been in the CX discipline for 20 or so years, right? Do you have any examples of when you've been able to incorporate CX metrics into making your products or services better? Yeah, loads. <laughs> no, I suppose I've worked in different organizations. I've worked in different industries. You know, I've been lucky to, in the media industry, to work from traditional and see the transition into digital, you know, to see the advent of personalization, to see the use of CRM systems, to see AI used in ad campaign optimization. So I've gone from it being very, very traditional broadcasting and, you know, print media into digitalization. Um, and then I've also worked in different in different industries. So I would say, you know, some industries are a little bit behind the curve or more novice. And then others that I've worked for would be definitely more mature, uh, the mature side of the spectrum. So what I would say is in terms of the media industry, the media industry by its nature is probably slightly behind the curve in terms of customer experience and, you know, gathering huge amounts of feedback and data and then turning that into something. And the reason I say that, you know, it's 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 not a criticism. It's the nature of the business, because at the very center and at the very heart of most media organizations is journalism. And, you know, you have that balance that you have to get right in the media space. 
And at the very core, as I said, yeah, at the very core of most media organizations is journalism. So by its very definition, journalism, it has to be objective, it has to be unbiased, it has to be fair, and it has to be balanced. So the integrity of that can't be touched and it shouldn't be touched and it can't be interfered with. But what you can do if you're working in a media organization with customer experience is that you can still talk to the customers, you can still listen to them, you can still understand, you can still improve the journey, you can still improve the culture within an organization, you know, um, and all these things will add onto a great customer experience and a great ser customer service. Um, you know, their experience, any experience that a customer has with a product is valuable in turn, you know, and it will help, especially in the media industry in terms of innova innovation. And that's something that I found when, when I worked um, in IM in independent news and media. Certainly, it was a company that invested in wanting to know their customers, um, and so much so that we, we won awards for it, you know. And yeah. they, they really did. They listened to the customers. There was feedback, there was 360 degree feedback, and so much as um, what customers told us informed products, informed new products, informed new revenue streams. Um, so it's really important in, in most organizations. And then I went and I worked for, for a company like Hostel World, who are the other end of the spectrum, and they were really mature in terms of CX. Like that was walking into a company that got it. There was no hard sell, you know, there was no like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to explain from the get-go why we need to have a customer-centric approach. They had it already. So that was that was a fab company to kind of go into and work with. Amazing. So, Marianne, let me touch on innovation. You mentioned that um, while talking about INM. Um, so, obviously, it's no secret that the media industry went through a very radical transformation when internet came into the picture, moving from print to digital. And, you know, there's an eerily similar feeling happening now for a lot of other companies because of COVID. So, two-part question for you. Could you talk about the industry pivot that you experienced throughout the media revolution, but also the parallels that you're seeing in industries now? Sure. Um when media and especially you know print media when that was moving um into the digital digital space there was huge amount of changes that had to go from within the company and a lot of training and upskilling and you know people who traditionally um worked just with printed the printed product we're now working with print and digital and learning new languages you know learning new tech languages learning um about customers, learning about the the volume of customers, how to measure, how to like trying to understand how we know we know how we measure print. We have readership figures, we have circulation figures. How do yeah. we how do we measure visibility on a website? You know, how do we know how long someone has spent with a product? All those type of things. Trying to identify what the metrics should be um, and what currency we should have then when we're trying to you know sell our product. So. Um, I don't know, does that answer your first question? Yes, and, you might, yeah, and you might just go back to your second question there. <laughs> yeah, it's just about the parallels that you're seeing across industries now. Well, what, yeah, well, one thing that I would say about the parallels is that having that, that change is a cycle and it just happens at different stages of evolution for different companies. So I can, I can see why, you know, in the current climate, some businesses may look at customer experience and kind of think oh that's just one of those superfluous things that we can kind of put on the side but we'll come back to it afterwards but well, i would say now is the time to get your cx game on you know in that time of uncertainty i would i would definitely say um you know we've so much change has been cast upon us and do take stock do refocus do invest in cx 
um, tackle any tech debt that you have in an organization, you know, do that now while you have the time so you can come out the other side of this pandemic stronger, more knowledgeable, and more informed with more informed strategies and a customer centric centric approach. But you do have some companies out there that are already doing that. And you know, if you if you sit there and you do nothing, the other side of this pandemic, you'll definitely be behind the curve. I like that answer. Um, so Diving into coronavirus itself and kind of how everything started when it started knocking on on everyone's doorstep. Working in the travel industry, was there at all a moment where you kind of realized that everything was about to change? Yeah, there was actually. There was a moment, I'm trying to remember back, I can't remember the month, but it was like 10 or 11 months ago now. Um, I remember we were preparing, it was the night before our international conference. So we had people from all over the world flying in um, yeah. and, and it was a great conference and our, our strategies are laid out, you know, for the year ahead and things like that. And I remember walking the stage the night beforehand and um, preparing to, to speak the next day and doing the stage walk. We were only starting to hear, you know, that there was this, virus in Asia and we, we thought it might have come from bats but we weren't really sure it wasn't really a huge amount of information and it was just kind of trickling and it was a, one of those things that we were kind of talking about in the background and then suddenly while I'm on the stage you know me with my analytical brain start going and you know it was kind of going oh my god like if this is a virus and we all travel and then you know what's gonna it's all the what ifs like you know what's gonna happen next how long will it take to spread because we travel yeah. all over the place. Our businesses travel. How long will it take to spread? How long will it take to have an impact? Wasn't that long, uh, it turned out. <laughs> it was about, you know, from that moment, I think it was about 12 weeks later, maybe, um, maybe a little longer, but in around 12 weeks, we were then obviously sent to work to work from home indefinitely. Uh, so yeah, it was it was quite quick um, in, it, in it happening from the minute that we kind of heard tricklings yeah. of there being this little vi virus that may, may not, travel that may affect us in the future but it's like anything you know if it's not in your own on your own doorstep people tend to kind don't of, really worry about it you yeah. just put it over there like it's a bad thing but you put it over there and it, it was scary because you know we were hearing people were dropping dead and things like that at the time we you know that was the information that was coming through yeah. Yeah. but uh yeah like 12 weeks later we were all working from home and then obviously government put a stop to anybody traveling and a lot of people were laid off and lost their exactly. jobs, furloughed, you know. Especially in, in, in your industry at the time. So oh, it, you... it definitely, I, I really feel for the travel industry, it was one of the worst hit, I think, you know, uh, travel and tourism, one of the worst hit industries this year. Could you touch a little bit on what was COVID's impact on Hostel World in itself and how the uh, organization uh, reacted? What I would say was COVID gave me the opportunity actually to see what a great company Hustle World was in, in so much as their jump to action. You know, they were very tech savvy, uh, very prepared to have the staff work from home. Um, it, it, it seemed like a seamless, and I'm sure it wasn't, it was a lot of IT and a lot of people working behind the scenes to make it happen. But for us, it just seemed like it was a seamless transition, the working from home and almost to a degree, you're kind of like, why didn't we do this before? <laughs> oh, we did. I mean, we were allowed from time to time, you know, but you kind of, why didn't we do this more often? Yeah. No, they they were great in, in their internal, um, they were great in, in facilitating us to work from home and empowering us to do our job. But, uh, you know, outside of the control of the company or any other company, you know, 
sales in travel dropped. And I think I read a stat there somewhere globally, I think it was Forbes. And I think they predicted the travel industry by the end of 2020 to have a, lost approximately 1 trillion globally and one was it 100,000 jobs, I think as well. So that's quite a lot, you know. Serious numbers. Yeah, that's quite a lot for an industry to lose. So I was furloughed, um, like many others. And then eventually, you know, I was holding out. I was holding out, hoping that, you know, COVID wouldn't last as long as it did. Yep. I love the company, you know, I love working there, but it, it, it had done. So I had to kind of think, you know, this is still going. I mean, we're now, you know, end of 2020 and start of 2021. And this is still affecting us so I decided I can sit and I can wait and I can see what happens or I can take my skills and put it into something else and that's what I decided to do was take the skills and put it into do a little bit of good so Maria let's dig in um when that happened COVID hit um the entire travel industry went through a transformation and you found out that you were furloughed what was it like in that moment in particular I think my rational brain kicked in. Um, I know that's kind of a strange thing to say, but I I wasn't shocked. And I don't know if that's just because that moment on the stage, I kind of had already gone through because that's what I do. I try to find, you know, trends and predictions and try to figure out what's happening in an industry. So I wasn't that surprised uh, when I heard about being furloughed. And I kind of just thought, you know, if I own this business, it's it's a tough decision, but it's a decision I, I would have to make, you know, and really it, it was something that's completely outside of people's control. So, you know, obviously I felt a little bit sad, a little bit like, oh, financial worries, what am I going to do? But, you know, in Ireland, um, the government are supporting us slightly that for people who have lost mm-hmm. um, their jobs or who have been furloughed, we do get like a, a payment that will help us um, maintain ourselves, I yeah. suppose you know, keep us going. So it was scary, but it was okay. It was manageable. Like, you know, I, I, I kind of was like, okay, this is what's happening. Let's get on with it. But that's kind of my personality is to kind of just get on with things. So obviously being a CXer um, with a such varied skill set throughout, you know, pandemic, it has its ups and downs. So could you talk a little bit about what you did with your CX skill set um, in general and what sort of projects did you focus on? What I was able to do was I was already in my spare time a chairperson of an Irish advocacy council in the mental health space here in, in Dublin. And the council is called SUAS, uh, S-U-A-S, and it stands for Service Users and Supporters Network. But it also happens to be the Irish for upwards. So um, I work I work with this uh, SUAS council um, and that's I work with the service users and the supporters of St. Patrick's uh, mental health services in Ireland. And I joined the council initially um, partially because I was intrigued to discover that in fact, to some degree, they were kind of pioneers in the health space in terms of CX and that they were quite mature in the CX health space. And you wouldn't necessarily think hospital CX or care no, <laughs> and CX, you're going, yeah, but like it's it's not a revenue making business. So CX, like you know, where's the ROI? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the return on investment? But no, that's kind of what partially why I got involved. It was really interesting. Here was Ireland's kind of largest independent nonprofit mental health service, 
and I discovered that they all had a council set up and this council actually listened to the voice of the patient or the mm. voice of the customer. They actually listened to the voice of the patient. They listened to the voice of their customer and the council represented that voice then across the organization. They collected you know, the feedback from patients, uh, fed it into the, the council the council then worked with boards, the board, clinicians, management uh, and services within the hospital to capture, to represent the views and the needs of service users nice. uh, to help with every aspect of their care. So here you had a model that directly was informed by customers, you know, yeah. or patients, you know, but um, a patient is a customer, ultimately, okay, it might not be a monetary transaction, but it's, it's still a customer of a service, you know, and um, I was like, okay, wow, I, just, I was surprised. So imagine that a model where you actually consult uh, with the customer and then build your strategies on the customer's feedback. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so I I, I helped out um, in, in, in the field and I, I joined the council and then earlier in the this year, I became chairperson. And you know, what we found um, throughout talking to different people in this, in this space is that one thing was clear, COVID-19 also when it came, it brought apart from just bringing job losses it brought loneliness it brought money worries it brought, brought isolation you know yeah. people were forced into living together and everything that you do to keep yourself sane um in this crazy world was taken away from you you know going out and socializing and um, going to the gym anything that had more than a one person activity was curtailed so i i kind of looking at the pattern i could see that I, I reckon 2021 we're going to see a huge amount of people that never had mental health issues and and unfortunately the, the yeah, figures higher in 2021 because the whole world has been um thrown into a vat of uncertainty you know and with uncertainty comes fear you know so um so yeah i genuinely believe 2021 will be the year we see significant rises in episodes of mental health, uh, ill mental health. And then as a society, well, I, I can only speak for Ireland, but as a society, you know, we're not ready for that. We don't have enough services. We don't have enough support for the demand that's going to be there. So out of listening and out of taking action, and as I said, thanks to a series of unfortunate events, um, I, I found myself with plenty of time on my hands and uh you know good thing or bad thing do good or get lazy so i decided to do good and um as a group the council came up with a, a suicide initiative and as a team with a common goal we listened to the voice of the customer and we managed in a really relatively short period of time to bring from the conception stage from just an idea to the development stage um, a new online peer support service, uh, which I'm delighted to say uh, is in a position now uh, to launch in early 2021. So, Amazing. you know, yeah, it's it's really good. We've reached out to our, pa our patients along the way for their input. They've given input along the way in its development. Um, we've used their voice in its development so much so that they it's actually the customer that's named the service. So the name, the name that's that of the service is is by our, our customers. Wow. 
and um, or a service user. So, you know, in some ways I feel blessed. In some ways I feel blessed that I was offered a time. Um, I was afforded a time to push forward with this project, to work on something that really will make a difference. And uh, yeah, something to be proud of, I think. Uh, wow. For this time, yeah. Well, that's amazing. I think that's very, very inspirational to, to a lot of people out there who, you know, have a, a specific skill set in CX, but then that's so transferable and you're really able to make an impact, you know, despite the situation. So that's, I love that story. I, I just think CX is transfer. It's transferable to any industry. Um, as long as you think outside the box, I hate that saying, think outside the box. <laughs> as long as you think outside the box, you know, you can apply it in, 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 any, in any situation. And that's just proof that, you know, listening to your service users, listening to people who use your service, um, uh, you can create something really good from that, you know? So yeah. customer opinion's important. No, that's it, that's it. So Marianne, let's switch gears a little bit and let's launch into the five question round and get to know you a little better before we wrap up. What are your favorite online resources to stay up to date with the news in the industry? Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying not to read the news these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you say, but <laughs> no, I'm trying not. I, I don't want to. I don't want to know any more about COVID. <laughs> no, but I do. I I watch Sky News, so I, I watch Sky News a lot. Um, I listen to Irish radio in the morning. Um, I do read things through Facebook, but I take it with a pinch of salt because ultimately, unless you go to a trusted source of news, having come from a journalism background, you know, I'm not going to put all my stock in. In, in news in feed that comes through right. social media but uh yeah no my 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 routine would be radio in the morning um news on tv in the evening and then online throughout the day yeah okay cool what's the one book you would recommend to the audience and why it doesn't have to be cx related Ooh, good question i'm gonna say this because i've just watched the film uh, and I know sure. that's not answering your question, but The Secret was quite nice uh, as a book. And uh, because, you know, it's about empowering, empowering yourself, empowering people. So and on the CX train, let's go with empowerment. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Um, do you have any pets? If so, how many languages do they speak? Oh, there's a little Nino. There's a little Nino Ninaki. Uh, Nino, Nino is uh, a little Greek Westie. And uh, he traveled all the way from Greece to Ireland. And uh, he speaks English, Greek, and Arabic. <laughs> a little bit of Irish. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it's it. Multilingual dog. Um, almost speaks as many languages as I do, honestly. Okay, so. Do you speak? Uh, four, three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show another one. What actress would play you in a movie about your life? no clue okay i like the old school actors and actresses like you know i, I like audrey hepburn things like that but like she's dead so she can't play me <laughs> and no let me think someone do you know who's good who's versatile uh amelia clark she's she's versatile she's good let's go with her okay cool love it and last question what are you most excited about in 2021 hopefully returning to some kind of normal um, so that I can uh, get married because I've been engaged yeah. and, you know, don't even know how to plan our, our wedding is meant to be in Greece. So, yeah, uh, engagement, please. <laughs> wedding, please. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, when things get back to a little bit of normal that we can travel again, that's what I'm looking forward to. Amazing. I love that. I feel like so many weddings got moved this year or just done on a very small scale, right? 
I think what's I think the problem is now everyone's going to want to get married as soon as you can start traveling again. So they're going to be booked up for like two years. Yeah, that's what I've heard already. All right, man. So let's let's wrap up. Thank you so much for joining. Real pleasure to have you on the show. And to everyone else, see you soon again. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you for having me.